0: Welcome to the Mike on Much Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Bierman We are here with our friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We also have our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. Guys, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, we just had the presidential inauguration in the United States of America. Uh, I'm sure we all watched that. That just happened. So to timestamp this episode, that happened uh, yesterday, which is Wednesday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Maybe you guys will be hearing it on a Friday. Um Yeah, it was a big event. We're going to hit that. We're going to talk about uh, some other things later in the episode. But what have you guys been up to? Anything? You know, Shane, I know I say this on so many episodes, but like I used to see you every day. I never see you now. And in fact, I feel like Max gets annoyed when we first get on the Zoom because Shane and I are just catching up. (laughs) And then Max comes on, and then after like about five minutes of prattle, Max is like, all right, all right, let's get to it. But the thing is, Shane and I don't really get to talk. Five minutes? It's always like two minutes.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay, let let me say a couple things. Your your gossip, your work gossip is always excellent, but it's nothing you guys would ever say on air or something that any of our audience would even know or care about. I love listening to you guys gossip (laughs) about things. Also what's happening in the world i find that very interesting uh, my only thing i was trying to avoid as a producer is sort of like the thing where anything going on with you Eh, not really and and then and then i feel like we waste a minute kind of trying to pull some boring-ass thing that happened. But if you got the goods, then then deliver the goods. Let's talk about what we've been up to lately.
2: Shane, what do you got? Impressive. <laughs> I, I definitely do not have the goods. <laughs> I haven't really been doing anything. You guys good. are boring-ass dads. Nobody's going outside into the world. Wow. Like what could
1: we possibly talk about? Myself included. I'm, I'm a boring person now, too.
2: Well, I wanted to follow up with you, Max, to see if your point on Kyrie Irving has changed at all. Because I feel like you were upset... Hmm you had this idea that, hey, he makes a lot of money, therefore he should get out and dance for your entertainment. Now that you see <laughs> that Kyrie is suffering a little bit, like there was a media clip where someone asked him if he was hurting or not, and Kyrie nodded like he was okay, but he, his, tears, his eyes welled up with tears. And it was a very emotional moment as if to say, hey, I'm going through some mental issue right now. Do you feel any different as you did last time? And do you have an apology if so? <laughs>
0: Tough questions off the top.
2: You know what? Kyrie is very interesting in that way
1: because he can make you nuts because like he just doesn't seem to care or he says odd things. Uh, But then like anybody who kind of does, uh, who says odd things or acts sporadically, when you dig a little deeper, you go, ah, his dad yelled at him a lot when he was growing up. Okay. I understand. Not that that happened to Kyrie. I think he a good relationship with his dad. So yeah, um, it is a good lesson for me to know that everybody is going through something. Uh, that all said though, I'd say as a professional athlete, one of your main jobs is to communicate with the press. That's like actually after playing the game of basketball, your second duty is to deal with the press. And if him not doing that, you know, means that he's sort of absent of that responsibility right now. So I don't know. I think, I uh, would it, like, am I being too hard on him? Like, Delonte West is another good example. That guy really has suffered, and he's obviously in rehab right now. I think a lot of people have um, a lot of patience for him because he's seeking help. Kyrie, like, kind of occupies this weird zone where he thinks he's smarter than you, but he's not telling you anything as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, he kind of does both things at once, which makes it that much more confusing.
2: Yeah, but Delonte West is an extreme example of addiction and like very, very serious mental illness where I feel like Kyrie is just going through depression right now. And everyone acts like that's so high priority for us all to practice good mental health. But the second a high profile athlete who's getting paid millions, it's like, come on, you got all this money. This is your job. Shut up and play. But if it was just me going through this, everyone would be totally
0: understanding you know because no one really cares about me so to max's point though i would say it's about methodology so shane if you were going through like a mental issue and you needed time off from work you would have to tell our boss and he wouldn't maybe relay that to us but you would know um
2: and i think Kyrie has talked to people i could tell by steve nash's reaction he knows more than he's giving off but his boss is in the press right
0: Shane, in your reading of it, Kyrie did go to his, you know his 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 employers, and he said, "Listen, I'm going through some shit. I'm I'm going away for a bit." They're like, "Okay, that's cool. not even what
1: happened though." At first, at first, they're like, "We don't know where Kyrie is." He just disappeared. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, he did disappear. Anyway,
0: if Kyrie was going through something, I guess in a perfect world, and who are we to say anything? His bot like the Nets would say, "Hey, listen, Kyrie's taking some personal time," which they did say, uh, and we're going to have no further comment on it. You know, And then maybe the press at that point is actually getting too greedy and it kind of warps the way that we view the story because we're like, Max, you had a look.
1: No, I think it's the precedent that he had set for himself. I think this is the reason why it's become such a hot button issue. If if Steph Curry, for instance, was like, didn't show up for practice and, and people were like, oh, there's probably pretty good reasons to Steph's always been forthcoming for us. Kyrie has a history of fucking with people. Like he, he said that the earth is flat and he also says lots of weird things. He opened the and season so- by
0: refusing to talk to the press.
1: Yeah. So then, so I just don't think there was much rope given to him uh, in this case, uh, which kind of makes sense because that's sort of the position that he set himself up for by acting that way in the past. But I, that's not to say I, I shouldn't have more, more patience for him because maybe I should have.
2: Yeah. I think people who act and do strange things are more likely to suffer from these sort of uh, bouts of depression or whatever he's going through.
0: It's, yeah. It it raises a very fascinating question about like our capacity for tolerance with certain, with certain people, you know what I mean? It's like, and this gets to the heart of sort of the whole, um, mental health conversation. You know what I mean? It's like, we do have to be more understanding, but if, you know, it's like, where, where is the line? Like we're all trying our best and it's like, some people need more help than others. And it is like that interesting thing where it's like, you know, Kyrie will get more rope maybe because he's struggling Um, but at the same time, he does have a job to do. And I don't know what the line is there for, for, and that's not just for NBA players, but that's for any like job or situation. Yep. Well, I mean, we don't, you know, we started a little heavy on the old, uh, the Kyrie stuff. Uh, And if he's suffering, I hope that he gets well. I hope everybody's well, that is going through, through stuff, uh, including all of anyone's listening to this right now. Uh, Shane, I was going to, I was going to ask, I saw a story. I think it might have been from this family tree or maybe Alex's I don't know where I saw it but it was you had ordered a bunch of jeans online and so the Oh camera, yes
2: this was a big event yeah
0: it was a very, it was a it was a well thought out <laughs> shot so I don't know if it was Alex thought it out or you know you are a director so I I, I imagined you guys planning out the shot but the camera it, it slowly scrolled past like five jeans that had been bought and then it gets to the last pair of jeans that you think are laid out but you're in them and you're laid I'm out you're in the jeans you're in the jeans it's a great shot mm, but the thing was that stood cool. out and at least my question is how long your hair looked in that shot, and it made it me It looks
2: think. like a ridiculous wig. I asked her, <laughs> I asked her not to go on my face afterwards. You know, you, we've worked with cinematographers; they don't always listen to the direction, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to do a, a multiple takes. That being said, we still did five. But
1: <laughs> you did five takes, you say?
2: Yeah, that was the first one in that setup. There was various setups from around the house, but that's the one that ended up working the best.
0: So it made me wonder though, when I was looking at this video, how long are you going to go with your hair? Like till the end of the pandemic, are you going to be a long hair guy going forward? Will it get to like, are you gonna be like Steven Adams or like our boss Randall? Like what's, what's your deal? Have you done a ponytail yet? What's your look going to be?
2: I can do a ponytail. I have done it once when I was up at the cottage and it turned Alex on to, to no end, but, <laughs> but, but that's story for another day, but you know, um i'm not a political guy but this for me this is kind of a political statement that hey i'm being safe i'm not getting my hair cut not that you can't get a haircut at your home but i don't care about my hair that much but i do like it longer alex is going crazy for it so there is some advantages to it and sometimes i look at my old pictures from the beginning of the pandemic and i'm like wow this is what feels like way more me and I would have never had this me if this pandemic never took place. So, in a way, I'm finding myself on this uh, this weird journey we're all on.
0: It is a journey. Have you guys mm-hmm. seen the new Weezer video that just came out? Uh,
2: no, is it Harry I got a text from your
1: brother at 7:30 a.m. He'd be like, "New Weezer song. It's awesome." Every, oh my god! Every time Weezer puts out a new song, he texts Dan and I, and he basically. Is shameless about his fanboy, uh, you know, nature with that band, and he loves the song. So uh, that song's okay. Yeah. My
0: brother has been defending every questionable Weezer record for like two decades now. He will not. It's like his comfort blankie,
1: though. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. the thing. It's just like, oh,
2: this is my blankie, though. This makes me feel safe mm-hmm. and warm. And so, well, whenever you got they... him onto it, Mike.
0: Oh. So, what uh, do you
2: think of the song?
0: It's it, honestly, it's actually a pretty good song. <laughs> like I, there's been some Weezer songs over the years where you go, okay, then Greg will be like, oh, there's a new Weezer song. And you listen, and you're like, okay, this one's actually, it's pretty good. And the video, Shani, I'm interested to see what you think when you see it, but it's like a classic video that we might end up using like, um, example pulls from, cause they do like mm-hmm. a lot of like. Uh, practical like effects where like a guy goes into a computer and uh, the overall sentiment of the video is I guess like, you know, we're spending too much time on our phones, which is, you know, not an original thought, but again, they execute it in a way where it's like you could see it being in a commercial. We've seen this sort of uh, versions of this execution a bunch of times. Anyway, the reason I bring this all up and I was asking if you guys had seen the video is Rivers is kind of doing the same thing you're doing, Shane. He's grown a mustache and his hair is at about like chin length. So it feels like he's also like in that COVID look, phase where he's like he also hasn't cut his hair during the pandemic he's got a mustache he's sitting at the piano um anyway you guys haven't seen it maybe i should have told you to watch it before we jumped on who wore it best in your opinion well i mean i i think i think i think rivers has like a pre- professorial look with it you know he's kind of yeah. like and you've got like, uh, you've been doing it longer. Your hair is longer. So it actually looks cooler right now on mm-hmm. the in, on, on thing. But yeah, like you said, the jean the shot was a little bit wiggy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what the man bun looks like though. Maybe we'll try that on the next podcast.
2: Okay. Uh, every pod I'll have a new look. Uh, Max is getting upset we're not talking about him so he's looking off camera no, 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 but I let's just, see your I hair I was watching video of a pod we did like a little while ago and we were talking tell this whole story Max was like just looking totally off camera for like the whole time he <laughs> <laughs> was just like and like talking to Ash making like faces looking at his phone he was like Come on, man. <laughs> be be present. I was
1: listening to. I'm sure I was listening to the story. But
2: you you got to watch that music Weezer music
0: video, pal. <laughs> Get uh, off the phone, man. Maxi, did you hear the new song though? Since my brother told you to listen to the new I song, did. I did. Yeah, I listened give to it. Give us your uh, breakdown. Give us give us your your review quickly.
1: Um, it's actually kind of interesting because I thought it was a totally like fine song. I yeah. didn't think it like blew. Yeah, it didn't blow me away. It wasn't as like silly as some of their other more recent uh, material. Um, The thing which I didn't know, though, which I found out afterward, was that, yeah, it wasn't uh, performed to a click drum. Those strings are actually real strings. It's like with a real orchestra. So the angle, as you said, is like that it's, you know, we're going to go back to like the 70s and we're not going to use any computers. Because most modern music, and the way Rivers often records now, is like a guitar going into a computer, not necessarily through a guitar amp. It's, uh, you know, you can record strings on a keyboard and it sounds almost the same. So then it kind of made me appreciate it on a different level. But I just want to get your brother's um, – what did uh, your brother say? Oh, so it was actually last night at 12.05. So I guess the song dropped at midnight. Oh, God. <laughs> and then at 12.05, New Weezer song is great, pumped. <laughs> <So he's>, <laughs> <laughs> and then the next uh, – then at 9 a.m. I t- responded to him. I was like, hmm, is it? And I like – because I just listened to it. And then Dan sent a meme of Mark Ruffalo turning into the Hulk uh, you know when he like tears his shirt off He's like Greg right now And yeah. then Greg said get off your high horse it's great And then he continued to explain That all analog album recorded during COVID No computers no click tracks Just a band and orchestra it's going to be sick
0: <laughs> Wow So
1: uh, yeah, That does sound, nice sound cool that, you know.
0: I didn't know yeah. that analog part Which actually makes the video make a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. Sort of thematic with everything over Yeah
1: there. Greg said he later said in the text thread Yeah man it's going to be River's Pet Sounds <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> you <laughs> never know. It could be. It's the first song One off week the album. till the album drop, baby. I'm pumped. I'm happy for Greg at least.
2: I started following a new Instagram account this weekend by uh, <laughs> Cycling Vigilante, Max. It's attached hey, to me. Hey. I know I know I'm the guy with all the weird friends, as you stated last podcast, but Cycling Vigilante is a close friend of yours. And uh, mm-hmm. what what is this guy gonna start posting? What's the deal with this account? Yeah, he, he posted his first thing, actually, I think this morning.
1: Uh, and so I highly recommend everybody check it out and follow along. So basically, my friend who have to he has to remain nameless, he'll only go by the Psyching Vigilante. He has started this account. If you missed the episodes, the Matt Devlin episode, I highly recommend uh, you check out the intro of that. The Devlin interview is obviously awesome, too. But basically, he goes around the city and gives tickets to anybody who's parked in a bike lane. And he posted his first... Uh, IG post. And then, yeah, common reactions to the cycling vigilante. Number one, providing a weak excuse. Example, just picking something up. Two, ripping up the ticket or crumpling it, as this person opted for in the photo. Three, appeal to sympathy or appeal to empathy. I am also a cyclist. I rode my bike to school almost every day in the seventh grade. Number four, pointing out transgressions by cyclists in Toronto. Number five, moving to a proper parking spot. Thank you. That's what the Cycling Vigilante wants. Just move to a proper parking spot. Please stay out of the bike lane and call it out when you see it. Cycling Vigilante, thanks you. Hashtag Cycling Vigilante. So it's a movement, and I think you know we all support it here at the Bike on Watch uh, podcast. Would you
0: agree? It feels like the movement is rolling. Mm -hmm. It's very exciting. Yeah, it's a bike fun. Um,
1: But thanks for reminding to to post that. That's good. Yeah,
0: 100%. I just followed it. I I didn't know he had an account yet, so I'm now following... uh, he who shall remain nameless is Well, I guess he has a name the cycling vigilante
2: are you worried it's going to escalate at all to a, a strange point where we have to disassociate from
0: him as he, <laughs> as he gets more radicalized and his, his yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh no i think i think it'll like how big could it get
2: right like that's what people always say but i could picture in three months you making a statement at like city hall or something
1: <laughs> well this is actually a good uh segue though because we, i want to talk about um inauguration day and then all and some mm-hmm. of the events leading into it you know with the insurrection at the white house so mike let's kick kick off that yeah uh, category
0: yeah, uh, as any, anybody who's been following sort of um, <laughs> news events uh, of the world over the last couple of weeks, obviously you guys know about the, uh, like Max said, the incident uh, in the Capitol back on Jan 6th. Two weeks later, uh, Joe Biden uh, was sworn in. He was inaugurated. He is now the President of the United States. They got there. Uh, everything went off last night. There was like a three-hour sort of program, I mean, aside from the events of the day where we saw the inauguration, uh, we saw tons of celebrities, uh, people like, you know, Lady Gaga, Jennifer Lopez, uh, John Legend, Bruce Springsteen, a Max Kerman favorite, uh, Foo Fighters, um, Katy Perry had the big sort of closing uh, event. I'm not sure how many of our listeners watched the whole thing. Uh, I ended up going through it. I was watching the Raptors game last night, but I taped it because I knew we were going to be talking about it today. And then I went through and I watched all the performances. And during the day while I was working, I actually had it on the the TV as well, sort of the more ceremonial stuff where you know mm-hmm. Obama and every clinton all the, everybody was there uh but yeah it, it was it was it was pretty major event it seemed to go off without a hitch in a, in, a, in a pandemic world where you can't have these throngs of people cheering i thought that they, they you know they did it very 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 well or as well as you could do it in a time like this where the capital is locked down for fear of uh violence uh and then also just you couldn't have had you know well wishers there either because of the pandemic did you guys watch the whole thing throughout the day? And did you watch the sort of entertainment, celebrate, celebratory parts where you know all of the artists performed? Shaney, how much did you catch?
2: Uh, I caught none of it, Mike. I did. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I did not for watch, Comes through again. I did not. Well, yeah, but I was monitoring the the photos of young Biden going around, which seemed a little bit strange because it was a, it was based on a lie. These photos of this hot Joe Biden went around from when he's in his 20s, but it said it was taken in 1996. So this rumor got started that Joe was this incredibly hot guy when he was like 50 or 46 years old or something like that. Have you guys seen that?
0: <laughs> no. I <miss> no. This.
2: <laughs> oh, you guys got to follow the real pop culture. Man, this <laughs> was this was all over the Web. Okay. (laughs) Like maybe it's because I follow so many like mom accounts and stuff, but it's like, check out Joe, hot (laughs) Joe. We're here for it. And like those eyes, like looking at him and like the tongues drooling. But uh, I want to say that that's a false photo because that was actually taken in like the 60s and not the 90s.
0: Hmm. Well, that's what this pod's about: clearing up sort of the misinformation that really is dragging down a nation.
2: Well, you know, sometimes you need some levity on the pod, so I thought that was kind of a funny thing that was. I want to uh, see Hot Joe now. Home. I can, can. I just look up Hot Joe on Twitter? Look it up. He looks like a movie star. Ooh.
1: Has he had uh, hair hair transplants? Like, because he was losing hair, and now the hair's back, right? I think. Well, I know that is it, that it seems
0: like. So I don't know if you got how. Yeah, you know, I don't know how deep we want to get into this whole thing, but. Um, sort of the 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 trump side they were trying to sort of create this controversy with his son hunter biden which by the way the name hunter biden is a pretty great name uh Mm. who has and hunter's had like addiction issues and he's sort of had a a troubled you know um time throughout his life but these photos came out over the course of this sort of smear campaign of like hunter biden like shirtless like with a smoke in his mouth like in a bathtub (laughs) you can tell he's kind of been on a bender like i'm sure we all it's like but they were, they came out from, you know, the, 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 smear campaign people. Cause they thought they'd be like, look how embarrassing this is for Hunter Biden. But like the internet was like, dude is like the sexiest guy I've ever seen. Like everybody all of a sudden really <laughs> was into Hunter Biden and like how he looks at you know, his demons or whatever, or his lost yeah. weekend or whatever that looked like. Um, but anyway, so it doesn't surprise me that Joe Biden was, was attractive as a young guy.
2: Yeah, Have you looked it up guy, yet? Bro. Hot Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> here we go. Hot Joe Biden. Hot
2: Joe Biden. Hmm. let's see oh yeah oh is the one wearing
1: a red shirt he's wearing like he's like in a tropical place his palm trees behind him
2: yeah it's the red shirt yeah, yes yeah, yeah.
1: that's it yeah that was absolutely not 1996
2: like <laughs> no no he's like 97 years old right now there's no way that was yeah. just
0: joe is years is, ago. is joe older than trump i don't know i know trump's in his 70s uh, Joe, joe oh, he's his
2: older trump's like 72 and i, I believe biden's like 78 74 mm. i think it was, was
1: biden 74 no, no.
2: <laughs> I, they say, let's see. Joe Biden age.
1: I think he'll be 78 when he runs for his next one, if he wins. No so like way. A, He's think,
2: older. He's 78 years old, Joe Biden. Right now? Correct. Wow. So he'd be, in, he'd be in his Trump 80s. That's why Trump so much
0: confidence. Yeah. He'd be in his 80s for his second term. He
2: definitely – it's so
1: funny that he's the leader of the free world because he, like, moves, like, kind of slow, you know? It's just, like d- – d- well, okay, a couple observations. It, it seemed like yesterday was all about Kamala, right? Like, everybody was just, like, so fucking pumped for Kamala. Like, it, it basically seemed that like Joe – you know, it's like if you go to, like, your grandpa's birthday and it's not really about your grandpa. It's, like, it's about, like, seeing your cousins and, like, seeing your uncle and aunt. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's grandpa – Dave's yeah. birthday over there. Hey, happy birthday. Yeah, okay, happy birthday. Anyway, mm-hmm. and then you start kind of carrying around the conversation. That's kind of what inauguration felt like because it was like everyone was pumped to see Kamala. Everyone was pumped to see Obama. Back there uh bill clinton was hanging out the george bush rebrand has gone amazing no one everyone loves george bush more than anything it's like do you remember how much liberals hated george bush you know 10 years ago now everyone's like that dude that's my guy wait it's
0: cool
2: to like george bush now
0: it's been a very fascinating turn no 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 you're right max there's been a sentiment that he's like a tolerable conservative or something like it's like see it's we can get along so you'll have like obama and george bush and they'll be like see this shows that there can be unity and then everyone forgetting about sort of like the unjustified war and all of the, cra- the economic collapse under his policies there's all this stuff that we've just kind of swept away because trump was so bad that everybody's hearkening back to like just the sort of like you know uh acceptable evil that was like that administration uh, not wow. my necessarily opinion but that's the the the, the narrative
1: yeah, so we had a, a phone call with Universal with the label uh, at eleven thirty because we thought that this stuff kicked off at noon. So we're like, okay, we'll have like kind of this our weekly call where we we catch up um, with our team and then we'll get and we'll just have CNN on. It was funny. It was five other people on the phone call and everybody was like had CNN on in the background and we're like, oh, I thought it started at noon, but it seems like okay, there's there's comma, okay, like speeches are happening, stuff's going on, and then I was just and I guess like you know, as the guy in the band who are, you know, these people are there to kind of support us. It was sort of on me to be like, pull the plug on the meeting. So I was like at 1131, I was like, guys, fuck it. No one wants to be here. Call is done. Watch CNN. And that's how long our conference call was. And so we watched the whole afternoon, basically. It was really fun. Um, I thought that um, the, the speeches about like, american exceptionalism i always kind of like roll my eyes at that stuff because i'm like come on guys you're not actually that great look at look around the world look at canada look at a lot of countries in europe it's like you're not that special but it did feel really good actually this time seeing like people talk proudly about america mike did you did that hit you any differently seeing biden say the platitudes and or were you equally as eye-rolly as you probably would be in the past
0: yeah. No, I I know what you mean. And I find too, like, even when I watch it or I'm watching like a speech on TV, I don't even necessarily watch as myself. I find myself watching as maybe like the people that, the overwhelming voice, I guess, on Twitter, whatever this sort of like undefinable thing is, I find myself watching apart from the people that are excited by it. But it's like, we've spent sort of the last four or five years kind of Watching a bunch of events unfold, whether it's like a speech by Trump or like certain policy decisions, you know that people you wouldn't necessarily like enjoy spending time with are happy. They're like, yes, I'm getting my way. We're being heard. I felt like people that are like-minded to me as I was watching these speeches be held, you know, or, or sort of delivered competently or, you know, when Joe, you know, when they talk about American exceptionalism, the pride, it wasn't so much, It didn't. it didn't feel rah-rah in the way that America can get. It almost felt like this is our first step back to like competence and normalcy. And I think that it just had so much more weight than if it had just, say, you know, like say it hadn't been Trump, say it'd been like Mitt Romney was the ended up being sort of the, 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 the conservative president for the last four years. And then they'd won. I don't think that like those speeches would have held as much weight as they did after all the events, which is pretty obvious to say, but I didn't to your point, Max, no, I didn't feel cynical or eye rolly. I actually got swept up in sort of like this return to like something you could truly, I guess, be proud of if you, you know, lean a certain way politically.
1: Okay, so my other my other question is when it came to the lineup, the lineup performance is, is always really interesting. It's like, okay, because when you get a call from the White House, most people show up. And you guys, you're sort of like regular cast of characters. Like you had Springsteen was there. Gaga was there. You know, Katy Perry, you know, she's hanging fireworks Tom Hanks hosted it. You're like, okay, that's good. But obviously America is a very divided place right now. And I was interested to see what sort of country music stars showed up. Because when you're talking about, like, who can speak to those red states and, like, who will sort of get on board with, like, this sort of grand vision of America that we're all as one, we have more in common than we have differences, et cetera. Uh, I was impressed that they got um, Garth Brooks, right? Uh, he, he did um, Amazing Grace. And I think they got Tim McGraw and some other country stars. So I guess my question, Shane, do you think that helps bridge the gap a little bit or for people that are like annoyed or or hate the democrats or like don't think much of biden do you think when they see their favorite country star up there they they go okay maybe i maybe i'll give it a shot or or do you think it's pointless
2: no i i don't don't think it's pointless i think it's the long road to getting there but it's the beginning of something Mm mm-hmm it creates hate for Garth Brooks temporarily but you do enough of these and before before you know it then you're you're on his side right or it's like hey eh, the Biden's not so bad but still fuck him and then it's like okay he's not so bad but you know he's okay and then before you know it it could maybe just be where they kind of hate him but it's not super intense
1: yeah so i i, I, I agree with you and on that um, I was thinking about Biden's speech, and I think about a lot of these speeches, and I always think that they should open with talking to the other side. He eventually got there. He said, You know, Mike, you watch Biden's speech, like about, you know, that's probably the last quarter of his speech. He was like, and for the people who didn't vote for me, blah blah blah. I I'd address that within the first like minute. I'm I'm gonna say it's like, look, I know, like I'm so proud of our coalition and every diverse face, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. And then, but then go straight for the people who didn't vote for you and go, you know, it's like I know there's a lot of people here that you know might not believe in our vision, but I want to say I'm here to work for you. I am your servant, and I want to make your life better. And I know we have different ways about how we can make our lives better, but I want you to show some trust in me because I'm here to serve you. Like, just get to that point immediately. And I find that sometimes they do a little too much, politicians do a little bit much, too much preaching to the other side and they lose an opportunity to reach out. Would, would you agree with that, Mike? Or, or do, what did you think of, of the speeches in general?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I thought it was a great speech. I, I you know... he's hitting like all the markers that he needs to hit and even exceeding some for like you said a guy that seemed a little slower and a little older like he's he's really delivering uh at this early 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 stage i also think sometimes ultimately that like he can be as civil and as like inclusive as he wants at this stage but it's like it's gonna get ugly like you know what i mean like it's still gonna be a battle and he might he might win over a couple people with like sort of like a, 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 a talk of unity, but there's just some people he's never going to win over anyway. And ultimately what they do over the coming months and years is going to sort of make people feel one way or the other, you know? So, so I do agree with this, the semantics of the speech and, you know, the best way to lay one out, it can be, it can be, important but for such a small section of people you know like the the pundits or the people that are watching it with a sort of different angle like the performative or the entertainment aspect of it but ultimately like does somebody in iowa give a shit if he opens with i'm thinking of you they're probably not even watching to be honest so it's like i don't know who he's exactly speaking to um, one thing I was wondering, though, um, uh, I said to Danica at one point because CNN was teasing it throughout the day. So after they sort of did all the procedural stuff, it's like they had you know all the pundits talking and they were like, hey, the, the big show starts at nine or eight or whenever it was started. But in the bottom right of the ticker all day long, it was just like. Bruce Springsteen, John Ledger, they just kept showing the photos. And I said, Danica, two things. I'm like, one, I guess they would be putting these on anyway because they want people to watch this thing on CNN tonight. And so you put all the star power, you put Katy Perry's photo. I'm like, but it's been on a constant loop. Do you think that like trump one do you think he's just like gone back to mar-a-lago and he's just kind of golfing and not paying attention or do you think he's like i fucking need to see how this whole thing's going i need to see how they're doing this and all day he just sees all these a-listers photos in the corner that they're going to be performing he couldn't get anybody for his and i just wonder if it actually needled him (laughs) no he
2: had antonio sabato jr (laughs) at his. that's not true mike i'm sorry you're right come on scott Bayo was there fake news
0: (laughs) dean kane yeah (laughs)
1: yeah what do you you think yeah uh god yeah
2: do you think he watched that's my question shane
0: do you think that that trump watched the inauguration throughout the day
2: 100 percent. i don't think he can help himself i think he has the (laughs) narcissism complex though where he's just listening to see if his name gets mentioned too good or bad i still think he gets a a dopamine hit
0: max do you think he attended
1: Did you think he watched No, no, no sorry. It. This
0: leads to my... Sorry, let me ask that again because that's going to lead to my next question. <laughs> yeah, did he attend? That's a, that's a way <laughs> that's more intriguing thought. I was, I was getting ahead of myself because because the other thought I had was, you know how like you kind of like, you take your ball and you go home? Like you're like, I don't want to go to that fucking party anyway. And then it's like 10.30 on the night that you don't go to the party and you're like, why was I being a baby? I was wondering if you think Trump was like, I should have just went and like I could have... I would have been on camera at least. Now no one's even talking about me.
1: I think you're totally right. I, I think Shane's right in that he watched it and then um because if he had um because the whole like leading into this and him like leaving that morning and taking like Air Force One I guess didn't Biden have to sign off on him using Air Force One to like leave or something like that, which I is didn't like read Biden's that, like sure. I, I think so. Um yeah, because basically the tone of it was just that like Trump was being a little bitch that's like it was just so many like veiled shots at Trump you're like oh this guy like it was just like so embarrassing so people got that at him like and people have like kind of short memories too I find in the media so and especially with Trump where it's like the second he did something like with a little bit of dignity at any point in the last four years people like hey he's acting kind of presidential so I think Mike you're right like if he had just like agreed like yeah I'm gonna show up and then like and been on stage and was hobnobbing with the other former presidents he's like hey I'm one of you guys and then, like he's joking around with with Bill Clinton, and he's like talking to Barack, it would have made it uncomfortable for those guys. But he would have, I think, looked kind of cool being there, and people would be like, "Oh, he's acting like a dignified." This is what the power, uh, the the changing of power in our great constitution is all about is that you show up and he would but as instead cnn just made fun of him everybody just made fun of him every day because he's the kid who went home with his ball you're totally right and i think if he really wanted now i'm thinking if yeah if he really wanted to stick it to obama he would have showed up and obama would have had to talk to him because obama because you know what it's like to go to a party where you like see some person you used to work with or something. And you're like, I fucking hate this guy. And then you find out the guy's not coming to the party and you're like, thank God that guy's coming to the, not coming to the party. Fuck. oh, That would have ruined my whole fucking night if that guy was at the party. And that's, yeah. So, and, and Trump obviously, I guess he he's more fearless on Twitter. Maybe in real life, he's more like timid or something. He, like, he likes to go to a, a place where everybody's like admiring him, but maybe mm-hmm. he'd feel like an idiot, like a social outcast of the party. I don't know.
0: Totally. That probably fed into the decision, right?
1: Yeah, it would be very awkward. I I said this is kind of related. I was thinking about the insurrection last week with uh, Just (laughs) on one of your walks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, insurrections. Ah, yes. Okay, do you think the word insurrection is too, not that I totally even know what that word means, but do you think it's too grand of a statement for these yahoos that that took over the White House? Mike, do you think it should have been called something else?
0: Well, the people, the the media has started calling it just a riot. People call it a riot and not like a good way. Like that party was a riot, Uh, meaning like, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) you know, where you smash it. It
1: was a riot. (laughs)
0: Um, So, I mean, the the definition of insurrection is a violent uprising against an authority or government. So at at its essence, it was. You just had that on your desk, Mike, that definition? It's in my brain, baby. No, I just looked it up on the old phone. Here. <laughs> oh, okay. I was I was typing as I was talking. about That was about quick riot. research. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. The oh, yeah. Uh, the well, we don't have Erica here. You know what I mean? Normally, we'd have have her on it. It's
2: true, Erica. That was a veiled shot.
0: No, 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 no. We love Erica. Uh, the word would seem appropriate. Speak for yourself. Continue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kidding, Erica.
0: The word insurrection we would seem Erica. appropriate, but it does feel severe for like. What we ultimately now know was just like, you know, a bunch of rowdy mega people who, you know, found themselves in the palace and were like, holy shit, didn't think this would happen. And then acted goofy. There was no, didn't feel like there was an organized plan, you know? But to, to get that many people out, though, isn't that so much organizing? They came to watch him talk. He was talking in person like six blocks away. That's why they all, they came to, to he sort of started oh. the protest. Yeah. They came, watched his speech. And then he was like, we got to go march down to the Capitol building and, and let them know, let those people know. This is the whole like ambiguity about whether he incited it or not. And so then in his telling of it, Trump would say, oh, I, I wanted them to go down there and chant or whatever. But then once they all got down there, they pushed over the barricades and got into the building. Oh. Yeah, but I thought were. it
2: was like how, like, you know, we usually we get Dan Hamilton to organize a bachelor party, and then it's just a <laughs> nightmare. But I thought it was <laughs> like that, but with, like, thousands of people. And I almost had a weird, like like just I was in awe that they were able to be that organized but it was just like uh, let's go over there and get it there now it it was just like that
0: yeah yeah so the way that that. I understand the order of events is like the Trump (laughs) campaign basically were like let's do a thing called like save the vote or whatever they did some branding that I can't remember and they basically said we're all gonna let these politicians know let the swamp know that they've they've screwed over your favorite president Trump so everybody let's protest in Washington so people came all from out of state and Trump was like and I'm speaking so like it's like like he in person went to a stage. That's why they were there because it wasn't even like it was a grassroots thing. It was like the, the Trump campaign sort of organized this protest because obviously he feels like the, the election was stolen. Everybody gets there. Trump riles them all up in person. And then they all march down to the Capitol building. So like those guys
2: fucking- always just carry hog ties and all that, all those. Well, if you're going to
0: go, you know, you never know if trouble's going to happen. <laughs> the, the flaming tortures <laughs> yeah. was a weird choice, but you know, it's like yeah. of a Simpsons episode where the angry mob pitchforks and fucking. Yeah. Yeah,
2: do we think tiki torches are able to be bought in good conscience now, or does it still have that stink on it?
0: It's a great question, man.
1: It just felt funny to me because the um, because it was like not many people. I I know Congress was in session, and I know there's stories about like AOC really feeling like her life was in danger. Like there's like there was like real threat there for for sure. But when it came to like a government takeover, it just was like like America's like such a massive place, and the government it doesn't even seem like the most like. They're important, but they're not the most powerful. necessarily. like it's like if somebody like took over like Mark Zuckerberg's like phone or something, that would feel like it was like a bigger
2: deal than people I don't storming. Know. I think you know, have to though. It's like if the president is murdered, you have to call it an assassination. You can't just say oh they killed him or whatever. And I think if the capital stormed, you have to come up with some grandiose word, or maybe it takes away from how monumental it was.
1: Yeah, it it just just at this point in time, nobody's at work right now anyway. And like, it just felt like, (laughs) yeah, nothing was gonna happen. (laughs) I was like, okay, all right, you guys, you want to sit in the, you want to sit in the chair for a few minutes? All right, go sit on the, okay, can you leave now, please? Anyway, I I just thought it was, uh, you know, the reaction was like, these, these people are so fucking lame.
0: One of the uh, stories that I, I that came out of this whole thing that was fascinating that sort of tied to the uh, inauguration was on the 6th, there's that video of um, that officer, the Capitol uh, building officer, uh, Eugene Goodman. Did you guys see this one? And he's he basically diverts the mob away from the chamber. He like gets them going up a staircase, uh, whereas if they hadn't followed him, they would have got into the chamber while there were still politicians still like in there. So he's been hailed as like a, a hero. Uh and he got to escort uh, Kamala Harris on inauguration day, so he, you know, he kind of became this like internet sens- uh, sensation. They called him a hero, all this stuff, and then all of a sudden he's been elevated to now like be probably the most famous like you know capital police officer on the whole force. Um, but it was very fascinating to see him the day of, sort of get put in this prestigious position and one it's fascinating his last name is good you know like it's very on the nose uh two i was wondering how much his life has changed like do all of his like sort of like police buddies are like oh big time big time like is his family is he a big celeb in the community is he like i was just i found myself when they were talking about him on the tv thinking a lot about how much your life changes
2: yeah like does he scrub his twitter instantly like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh shit i'm on a pedestal <laughs>
0: yeah that's a good question (laughs) it's a good question but that crossed my mind i'm like does this guy have any because once you become famous that quick who knows you know what i mean like you don't know what people will find that you might thought was innocuous in the past but anyway i found myself being very happy for him and then just thinking about how we make these people like stars and how it changes you know a very ordinary person's life like that but um what do we so the performances shane i know you didn't see the performances but maybe you can glean something from 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 this conversation maxie did any performances stand out
1: um, Springsteen, obviously, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought of you when I was does.
2: watching it. I was like, oh, I've, yeah, Max is loving was this. Was he getting off stage at an appropriate time, or was he like, oh, two
0: more <laughs> songs, everybody? He did two hours. He did yeah. two hours. The thing went way, way over. Uh, Well, there was two types of performances, by the way, there was like the pre-taped where like the Foo Fighters, like, you know, set up a little, you know, set in their basement and then sent that video in. And then you had people like, uh, John Legend, um, obviously Bruce Springsteen, Katy Perry, they were in the Capitol. They, they performed like in the big open sort of space with the backdrop of, you know, the Washington Monument and all that. Like it was very, I found the stuff that was live. On the ground which you know this is probably obvious just hit way harder than the people that did the pre-taped stuff either in front of a green screen or in their house
2: well the foo fighters were they just hitting like play on their cd and mouthing along
0: (laughs) they did their exact same (laughs) snl uh performance of times like these which i thought was a little bit like i'm like maybe there's not a huge venn diagram of crossover of audience but i'm like it was the
2: same tape from snl (laughs) that
0: because i was like i was like i watched that foo fighters performance i'm like and you guys literally just like a touring band was like, oh, we're going to do this thing for the nation Let's just do that thing that we've been rehearsing that we did on SNL. And I, and I was just like, eh, I felt a little lazy.
1: Ah, interesting. Hey, did you see uh, Jennifer Lopez? She's saying, what is she saying?
0: This land is your land.
1: This land. But then she showed it her own song uh, just before the finale. Did, did you notice that?
2: She said, Let's she- get loud or something. <laughs> Did you notice that's that? That's the title of her new song, Let's Get Loud?
0: No, that's a famous one. That's Let's Get Loud.
2: Let's nah. get Loud. What, what did she say? Fuck my mm, I don't song know that one. Right
0: now. You um, don't know that song, Shane? Let's Get Loud? No. Which which J Lo do you know? The one her first single. If You Had My Love?
2: Yes. That's a good one.
0: <laughs> if You Have My
2: Love Would You Comfort Me? So hold on. <laughs>
0: That's a Tell
1: me, baby. So, um, okay, I have it here. Max, uh, did you say that was yeah, a
0: great song? Do you love uh, I love it, that song. Uh, if mm-hmm. you have my love. Uh, You've always been a like, big J-Lo guy.
1: I was. was. One of my first crushes when I was younger. Yeah. Okay, so uh, J-Lo sang Let's Get Loud during her inauguration performance, and it was iconic. This is on BuzzFeed News. So, basically, she was singing a medley of This Land is Your Land and America the Beautiful, and just as she reached the crescendo, she belted out Let's Get Loud from her own song. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I I was Ash and I looked at each other like what, did she just do that? It would be like...
2: But that's a double... That's clever because she could just be saying, all right, everybody, let's get loud.
0: And then it's kind of like, oh, what does she mean? She was prompting the crowd, Max. It wasn't a call back to her song. Or but maybe there wasn't a even Phoenix
1: a crowd event. in front of her. Like, there, Tell there that to Obama
0: the and the rest of the politicians on yeah. that stage.
1: Well, you know, everyone has their mask on. You're not even allowed to sing. It's not safe, you know, to in public. <laughs> but, uh, but I was joking. I was like, you know, I'm going to do... Like, oh Canada, we stand on God. Oh the boss is coming. <laughs> oh e. That's that would be cool, right? Yeah.
2: It would be, yeah. yeah. Does bosses coming need more promotion right now?
1: <laughs> I just I also Yeah, no, love... I'd be knocking at the door. I don't know which one, but like, it'd be
0: hard yeah. to slip in pub crawl. <laughs> um that was great. Uh, Darth Brooks wore jeans. Uh, that was one of the first things that made me giggle. I'm like, I mean, obviously we haven't even gotten to Bernie yet. Uh
1: Oh god. Yeah. yeah. That really took over the internet. Like,
0: that he's the star of the like he's literally I'd say he is he's the thing I've seen the most on the internet out of anything that came out of yesterday.
2: What was shocking about what he did? Just his uh st- stance, how he was sitting.
0: It was the outfit. Well, Everybody was else was things- in like Go ahead, Take it, Max. You love you some Bernie.
1: Well, 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 people started to do, well, first of all, he just looked kind of underdressed. He kind of looked like my dad, like just throwing on your winter jacket and you had to like run to the store to like pick up some groceries or something. Like that's kind of like how he looked. But then people started to dissect everything that he was wearing and holding. And so they go, wait a second. Is this the same winter jacket he wore two years ago in a, like a, a meme that he was famous for? You're like, okay. So he hasn't bought a new winter jacket in a couple of years. Okay. What's the story with this like manila envelope that he has underneath his arm? They're like, oh, and then someone told him, like, that's the the envelope your tickets come in. So instead of, like, chucking them or, like, getting rid of the envelope like every other person would, he just, like, kept it with him for whatever reason. And the best part was, you know, the mittens. Did you, have, did you see the mittens story, Mike? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The local designer or whatever or something.
1: The local designer, I guess he bought them or he was gifted to him like whatever three years ago on the campaign trail, and he's still wearing them. So you know, as even, you said earlier, even to me
0: though, even the mask he was wearing like one of those like like oh, two hundred in a box was... medical masks that you get like at <laughs> Shoppers Drug Mart when everyone else you know these are very wealthy people and this is very on brand for 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 Bernie, but they're all wearing designer masks. Like everybody looks amazing. They all have like designer um, uh, customized outfits. You know, everybody looks. Perfect. And Bernie, like Max said, looks like he literally stopped in on his way to the post office and then sat for this thing he had to go to as part of his job and was going somewhere after.
1: Well, this this is why Bernie actually appealed to some people on the right. Like you know, like in the Venn diagram when like you think about like the Bernie Bros, where like Bernie actually had some like white working class people who who you're surprised you're like what you're gonna like this like Jewish guy from Brooklyn like what do you have in common? But it's like no because he wasn't like a fancy coastal elite. So I think there's a lot of like people uh, who are watching. Uh, the ceremony that go, look at these fucking people. They're dressed up in designer stuff. That mask costs $300. Like, what's wrong with a hospital mask? And that's what makes Bernie so appealing because he just
2: rolls up and he's just truly a man of the people. So it was, yeah, It was, and awesome it was a cool look too, though. I wonder how contrived it was. It didn't look uncool. <laughs> I feel like that's a move older Max would pull. Like in your 70s, you would pull that move and you would kind of think about it and be like, yeah, this is the way to go.
1: No? Yeah, you're not wrong. No, no, you're you're not wrong. I, I think there's there's definitely, um, I understand that angle of appealing to people. Uh, by the way, is it, some people thought like, oh, Max, that's like an older you. I don't know if it's because people know I like Kirby enthusiasm and like he looks like Larry David or just the
2: way I cross my
1: legs. or Yeah, something. It, it did
2: remind me of you. I didn't know people others were saying that, but the gloves uh, seemed mm-hmm. very Max-like,
0: and the coat. Mm-hmm. There was there was a vibe. There was definitely a Max vibe to it. I remember, like, the first time we did the... Uh, the we we They gave us, like, a studio for the MMVAs, and we were doing a Mike on Much thing, and it was like... In a closet? F- no, no. Oh, sorry. That was the first year. The second year, they gave us the okay. good studio, so we were going to oh, be on right. camera. And we were like, well, what are we going to wear? And it's like, do we have a little budget to, like, go get stuff? And, like, maybe we should get our hair cut? All this stuff, we were all like, whatever. And then day of, Max literally rolled in, in, like... A, a very ordinary shirt and a Louisville Slugger floppy hat. And he's like, all right, let's fucking do this. And I'm just like, this is classic Max.
1: Yeah, you know, I think sometimes, I think at that point in time, the, the, that baseball hat was in. And Sh- Shane's wearing one just
2: like it.
0: Yeah, it but he's not cool. at an award show, up for awards and hosting something on air. But I think your
2: fame is really what you're wearing. It's like admitting ah. you didn't graduate high school if you're a massive star. It's very cool. But if you're you know, bagging groceries, you might be less inclined to be like, oh, I didn't graduate high school. It's a status symbol when you have a lot to not act like it. Yeah,
1: I think you you even called me out on that one. It's just like, Max wears a hat uh, because like I quote unquote want to be like incognito. Oh, like, like Leo, out. like Leo, right? Yeah. Like this is his move and it
2: just makes him look more famous. <laughs> it's like you can go out, George, in a suit. Oh man, I got to do this.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> uh any other performances, Max, that stood out?
1: Okay, well, one thing I kind of wanted to get to um, was this New Radicals uh, got back together. And uh, obviously, their massive song, Get What You Give, it was Biden's sort of theme song. They haven't performed together in 20 years. This guy's just like the, it ended up being a songwriter, like the main dude in the band. He's written uh, Game of Love by Michelle Branch, uh, Santana, a bunch of other hits. And he's sort of having a field day because, um, you know, he, he started doing interviews around this performance. Basically, kind of bragging that, um, you know, people have thrown like loads of money at New Radicals to come back and do reunion shows, but he never has done it. He's like, I just don't want it. I just don't care. It kind of makes him seem like a really cool guy. But finally, they did it for this and it was cool. They played the song. He wore the bucket hat. All good. But it got me thinking like the way he sort of um, executed this comeback was pretty ideal. It wasn't like, you know we're gonna go. We're gonna announce our tour, and people care about it for like the one day on Twitter. And then once the tour comes around, I don't know how much people actually really give a shit about it. So this is like sort of like the biggest look you could probably get if you're uh, if you're the New Radicals. So I was thinking about like what are other reunions you want to see happen uh, in in your life? Because obviously there's like actors that maybe um, you know spent screen time together, like uh, you know uh, Favreau and. Uh, the other guy in Swingers, um, Vince Vaughn.
0: Vince
2: Vaughn.
1: Vince Vaughn. You know, I think they've done some reunion stuff. Uh, I also think a lot about sports. I'm like, oh, it would be really cool if like Westbrook got traded to to the Brooklyn Nets, and so it's like bring back the big three, and so it's like Westbrook, Harden, Durant, or if or if Kyrie ended up on the Lakers. Like I, I like reunions. The idea of reunions make me very happy because like I think I kind of like just have like yearning for the good old days or something. Is is there anybody who you're like, who hasn't got back together in any realm, whether it's comedians, actors, musicians, athletes, that you're like, ah, those guys are due. I'm putting you guys on the spot right now because I know uh, I I didn't really give you a heads up on this. but
2: It would be very fun, I think, if Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and Michael Jordan entered the three-on-three league that Ice Cube started. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be amazing.
1: Yeah, that is funny. I I do like the idea of like them. Yeah, the, an over 50 league, you know, with like a bunch of retired basketball well, players. Well, that's what that the Ice Cube
2: to. League is pretty much. Well, over oh, 40, I guess. And Steve oh, okay. Kerr could be the fourth. It would be really <laughs> exciting.
0: Is there an age limit in that league? I almost feel like it's just like whatever three you put together if you're a former pro or something or like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like how Joe Johnson played in that league, and then he actually joined an NBA roster after. Yeah, uh, but that would be a very, very, very good one. That's like they always talk about. Like, remember, you know how they have that weird competition in the NBA All Star Game where it's like mm-hmm. a former pro, or sorry, like a former legend, a current pro, and then like a It'll WNBA W-A-B-A player. Mart. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I've got a good one for you, Mike.
0: Hit me. I want to hear it. I want to tell, hear tell it me,
2: me if you think it would be good. Okay, so we get Paul McCartney. Yeah, J- John Sean Lennon. Mm. Ringo, and then I don't know, uh, John Mayer or something, and they reformed the Beatles.
0: Or Danny Harrison. George Harrison Harrison. has a son. George
1: Harrison's son. Looks just like him too.
2: Identical. Okay, yeah. What would you think of that? Would that be satisfying for you in any way? Or would you (laughs) be like, this sucks?
0: No, I'd pay attention. The thing that I've always thought is cut out Ringo and cut out Paul, and I thought that the Beatles children should start a band because that you have sean lennon who's a musician you have james mccartney who's a musician you have zach starkey who's a drummer he's he was in oasis uh and then you have danny harrison who's also a guitar player like all four of these these children these sons all picked up instruments just like their parents so in theory all four of those guys could start a band they would never do it and zach starkey is like a legit sort of like touring respected drummer like i said he was in oasis for a bit um and Sean Lennon obviously has like a, has a musical career. Did you ever hear that interview with Sean Sean Lennon and uh, Mark Maron, where like James McCartney, Paul's son, is actually like texting Sean during the interview, and yeah, uh, yeah and then Sean's like, oh, oh that's uh, that's that's James, that's uh, that's Paul's son. And then Marin's like, huh, no way. He's like, really? He's like, Yeah, I'll get back to him later. And then Marin like explodes laughing. And he's like, he's like No, no, no. He's he's a good guy. He's a great guy. He's a great, guy, great guy. Great guy. But yeah, anyway, I've thought about the Beatles children starting a band for sure. For <laughs> it sure.
2: would be funny if they formed and their first single was like a ridiculous pop hit like Mambo <laughs> number five or something. <laughs> uh, that to me would be very satisfying.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh yeah, any, any like acting duos or um are there any couples that you hope get back together that like really kind of made you sad
2: that they broke up like oh. Mark Anthony and JLo Lo or something like that?
0: Oh,
1: Brad and
2: Jen would be the really celebrated one, right? Yeah, that'd be pretty pretty good. That'd be awesome. Ooh.
0: That'd be a good one. I, I, yeah, acting duos. It's that's a good question. Like, like Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker for like a rush hour sequel. <laughs> I mm-hmm. would love that. I know that-, <laughs> that was
1: my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> up until about three years ago, if someone asked me my favorite movie of all time. I'd be like, Rush hour one or Rush hour two. <laughs> I love those movies growing up. Um, Oh man. When I was,
0: I, I really wanted like a Ghostbusters reunion, like before Harold Ramis passed away, I thought they were going to get together and, and do that. And then, you know, that all changed. Although speaking, of, it's so funny because all these things that I was kind of looking forward to, we've talked about this before. They all got pushed, you know, like mm-hmm. that Beatles doc by Peter Jackson. That should have been out yeah. by now. Ghostbusters that, um, Jason Reitman did, obviously a brother of former podcast, uh, Catherine Reitman that's done. And in the can that should have been out, I think in, in, in June. And you know what I mean? Now we're in 2021. Uh, I'm fast. Apparently Bill Murray's in that. I'm fascinated by that, but yeah, it's a good one. Acting duos. I feel like any acting duo duo or like, you know, uh, ensemble that you'd want to get back together. They've done it at this point for money. Like Arrested Development got back together. Like all these beloved shows have all done reunions, parks and rec. Like everybody's doing reunions just because either there's like a great paycheck or there's a good cause. There's not many that have been kept apart if they're alive these days. I feel like nostalgia is the strongest drug there is and everybody's cashing in on it.
2: What about Three Amigos reunion? Would you think that would be a good movie?
0: I, I'd i pay attention, but I don't think anybody likes Chevy Chase. I, like, Martin Martin Short and Steve Martin seem to love working together. They tour together, they, you know? They tour together, yeah. They yeah. Together, right? But I think if Chevy's like, hey, guys, what do you think? Three Amigos? They're probably like, yeah, we're going to, I don't know. We'll th- we'll get back to you, Chevy. hmm
1: Yeah, sometimes there's, like, bands working with producers that, like, they had... I'm trying to think, like... um I guess this wouldn't be possible, but uh, because he, he passed away, but like, and this is probably a question for Greg, but the first Weezer record was produced by Rick O'Kasic, who's yeah, the, the singer in the cars and people love the blue album a lot. And there's like a sound to that, um, which is really special. And I think a lot of Weezer fans would be like, oh, I just wish stuff sounded more like the Blue Album. And it's like, get back together with that producer. I find that happens a lot, actually, with, with bands, where it's like, okay, you're, you didn't do the thing you did earlier. Oftentimes, we'll go back to the producer eventually. Um like, who produced the first, like, Strokes record or something like that? Like, yeah, so, yeah, like, that kind of thing, where, you know, you're, you're missing that uh, signature sound that you've gone away from, and you're missing that producer.
0: I will say that, like... The, the the reunion that i i thought about probably the most over the last couple of years was i really 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 once the raptors got good i wanted them to bring vince back i wanted him to be mm-hmm. like like how many guys like in our championship year with Kawhi how many guys that we have at the end of that bench whether it was like eric moreland or jody meeks or jeremy lynn or dudes that you know you could never name that didn't contribute it's like we couldn't have got vince in there but ultimately, there was reasons for that. You know, Vince wanted to still get playing time at 3940 and all that stuff. Uh, and he got paid by the Hawks in Sacramento. But I was like, I just really wanted us to like trade for him so he could like, I don't know, finish it out in Toronto.
2: Yeah. That was I ended up I being I at his last game in Toronto. It wasn't oh. supposed to be his last game, but then COVID made it his last game in Toronto. But I got a lot of good footage of him. Uh, every time he had the ball, I filmed him.
0: We should put it on our Insta story.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is, is it riveting? Good seats. It's
0: it's pretty cool. And
2: at the end of the game, I don't know if I should say this, but he was scoping babes from the bench <laughs> with. Uh, what's the Trey Young? Him and Trey Young were pointing out uh, some hotties I think you again. I don't said know this on I, the pod. <laughs> right. Oh well. <laughs> still beep beep my name.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So the new radicals. Did you did you see uh, Katy Perry's performance, Max?
2: Yeah, I thought it was
1: awesome. Uh, that was you know, like... the most production value. That that took my breath away. She and sang that, fireworks. Same.
2: Fireworks, and like, so I was going suggest it, that.
1: Well, it was it was great because it started very like stoic and she's just kind of in front of like the National Monument or whatever. And it's just her and a microphone. And like, of course, like you're not performing on a big stage in front of a lot of people. So most of the performances were like that. Springsteen, it's just like him and a microphone on the stairs, whatever. And then all of a sudden the fireworks start going off and it's like the best... The, sorry, the best. The best and biggest... Firework display that like I've ever seen, and it, they, they went off through the whole rest of the song, all throughout the city of Washington D.C. If, if I didn't know the fireworks were scheduled for, for that time, and I was just like at home, and shots started going off, I'd be like, "Oh, the insurrections actually happening. This is gonna
2: scare yeah. the shit out of me." Uh But is, it was—I'm was, was not amazing. a singer or anything, but isn't it hard to sing when a massive amount of fireworks are going off above your head? Like
0: it was gosh, like I it was like it was reported. in the distance. Like so, they had her like in the performance. Mm area and then at this point biden uh and and jill biden are in the 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 white house and they're out on like the balcony and then like off like you know like in the like you know like however many hundreds of meters yards whatever it is away that's where the the things are lined up so like she's doing fireworks and then when she gets to this this giant sort of epic part of like the, the the chorus the fireworks start going off her voice is like bang on and they they keep cutting back to like Joe Biden and Jill Biden like on the balcony watching the fireworks and just the way it was, was like, it was like this amazing culmination to everything that had happened. And it just felt like so uniquely like American, the production value was like amazing. And I just remember thinking like, like I was just like, I, I got swept up. That was the most swept up I, I was all day long. No, the speech is anything that song fireworks playing while they were showing joe biden in the white house taking in the fireworks in this sort of crowning achievement of his thing is sort of the end of something that a lot of people suffered through and the beginning of something a new hope if you will uh and just something about that song that song's always been a banger but it felt like the core i was like i don't remember the chorus being this emotional and i'm like mm-hmm. the fireworks are obviously like elevating the sort of the way that this this course goes but uh that to me was when i was like god damn this is like i I, this is like incredible this is like out of a movie it felt like it was out of a movie and then they even had a shot that a cameraman behind joe biden and jill so they had the shot behind them in the balcony where you could see like the fireworks Mm -hmm. and then different members of his family on different balconies in the white house anyway it was uh it was quite an ending Uh, that was like the moment where i was like holy shit i was like this is probably the most emotional
2: it would have been a good time if you are that sneaky heist type person to pull a heist off. <laughs> it's true. I, I actually had the same
1: thought. I had the exact yeah. same thought. I was like, that's when you do your damage.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I do want to get to a Shane surprise.
2: Let's do it. Well, my surprise time, and I don't want to put a damper on the pod, but my grandma died this morning. So, uh, you know, surprise. Oh. No, uh, she did. But it was, uh, it, it was my time when I was planning the... Surprise! because i do it in the morning kind of while the kids are watching tv and betty kind of sleeps on the, the couch while alex is sleeping but that's when my dad called me so, oh, so I, I kind of was out of the mode to be funny um, there for man. a second so yeah i'm so sorry but to not, hear that uh, man. Yeah. Wait,
1: what was her name i we don't know Your Her grandma, name gwyneth her cunningham name? can you tell us about gwyneth a bit
2: Yeah, she was like um like the kindest woman ever very very like i've never heard her upset or angry it was like grandma out of a movie like
1: oh hi, your dad's mom i
2: love you so much my dad's mom and yeah she it was ridiculous you she was the cliche grandma out of a movie always being kind and you know giving you money when you came over and treats and baking and she got dementia in her older age but uh today she passed it's just tough where, where was she She was at a home, and she fought going to a home again, like most grandparents, like, this is my house, I'm not going to go. But she ended up falling and hurting her shoulder, and then Mm -hmm. the hospital recommended that she go to the home where she spent her last few years. But, yeah, she was always willing to help me out with videos. Like, I used a couple funny videos of her growing up. I'd go over to House and film her for, like, my first couple of VJ search videos, which helped me, ended up getting a job. So she helped me out in kind of every way, but... Yeah, very sad, but when someone has dementia, you you almost lose them twice because five years ago, it felt like you lost her, and then Mm -hmm. now it's so final, you know?
1: Oh, Shane, well, um, thanks for sharing that. That's obviously a tough Yeah, it's tough,
2: yeah. Yeah, I didn't think I would get that emotional because of the. it felt final five years ago, and now it's just to happen again. How's your dad? It's tough. Today. Oh, it's tough and my dad works in this industry, so he is a hearse driver, so he actually was wanted to take her away like as part of his job like he requested to do it, which to me, I don't know if I would want to do that, but it was kind of like the last goodbye in a way,
1: so they he got were, to go to pick her up at the home,
2: yeah, he removed her body like as part of his job, wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah, strange, uh. definitely strange times and I damper to end it. I didn't want to open the podcast no, no. with it because it would kind of, you'd be the first domino of sadness, so.
0: Well, it's oh, like, funny. it's like you know, it's just, you know, just sorry, so sorry to hear this. And as friends, like, it's the sort of thing, I think this is like the shitty thing. There's many shitty things about the way we're, we're living right now, but like in normal times, this would be something where you'd come back to work. I mean, you would sit and we'd talk about her for an hour and a half at our desks, you know, and yeah. we'd really like unpack this. And it's just like, yeah, I'm just so sorry, man. Like like you said, even like with the dimension and all that, the, the finality of like the news and then the process and all that, what are you guys going to do for like um, – are you going to do like a sort of a funeral or a visitation or anything?
2: I, I think so. We're, we're going to figure out a way. I, I think it's allowed – my dad was – calling uh, when he called this morning, he, he detailed that a little bit. But the, it, as to the exact details, I don't know how it's going to work. But I think we all have to go separately and just like maybe – I could have like a moment with her or something, and then my sister can go at another time. I think that's how the rollout is going to work, or maybe we're allowed to be six feet apart or something. But yeah,
1: Shane, let, let's uh, end end the pod. Tell us uh, just about her life. I'd uh, love to learn about her a little bit more. So, she, Gwyneth is her name.
0: Gwyneth, or your, be- or your or your best Gwyneth story?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Best Gwyneth story. Um, She's from
1: Hamilton. She born and raised in Hamilton.
2: No, well, she met my grandfather in uh, Scotland. That's pretty cool. She's from the old country. She brought him over. She's not from Scotland, but uh, she was born in Massachusetts. I can't say the word, Massachusetts. 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 It might have been Missouri. Fuck, I'm so bad with this. I'll I'll text you. You
0: know, she was old.
2: She was was 92 years old, guys. So excuse me if I don't know her exact birthplace, because I only met her, you know, when she's in her 60s. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if I have a particular story, except just because she never she worked as an operator, like a uh, a bell operator, mm-hmm. for a, a while. But her whole life, she never really worked after that.
0: Mm-hmm. She
2: just Stay it was, was like mom that was a lot of people. Yeah, it was my grandpa mom. was a plumber. My grandpa went to work as a plumber, and my grandma just was the the typical housewife and like the kind of like I can't like say it enough how. Kind and her voice was even like that grandma you would cast in a movie. Like, oh, Shane, you're the most handsome boy. Here's a piece of fudge. And she'd give you a piece of fudge like that big. And you'd be like, well, can I have another piece of fudge? Like, grandma, that wasn't shit. Like, that was nothing. She'd be like, no, I don't want to spoil your dinner. Here's a piece of an orange, you know? And then you'd get pieces of an orange and then apple juice and, you know, eating banana muffins. It was just like the classic uh, grandma. She held her change purse very tight, but she was also very generous when she needed to be. Mm -hmm. And she certainly helped my sister and I out so much just on like financially. It was uh, ridiculous. And right before she got dementia, she decided to give my sister and I like a large donation because she could sense something was Mm -hmm. off. So she gave us kind of her will while she still had her marbles together.
1: Oh wow, that's that's yeah. really s- special.
2: Yeah. All right, but that's well, that.
0: Yeah, let's dedicate this episode to uh, Gwyneth what, Gwyneth Cunningham.
2: Yeah, Gwynnie C. Yep. Gwenny C. All right.
1: All right, guys, stay
2: good. See you, boys. Yeah. Peace. Bye.